Welcome to the 53rd episode of the Terp Talk Young Terps podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Mason the Intern Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's episode, we're talking Terps Bowling Green, and hopefully the game on Saturday, Maryland vs. Temple. Well, I mean, the Hurricane's not supposed to come to Maryland, but you never know. We like canceling things. Yeah, that's kind of how it works, especially with that game against Michigan a few years ago which was moved to 12 o'clock for pretty much no reason. I actually don't remember that one, but I will trust that it happened. Before we get to the Terrapin Rundown, this podcast is presented by Watercrafters. Watercrafters in Gaithersburg, Maryland, has been providing swimming pool services and supplies to the Montgomery County area for the past 35 years. Watercrafters' highly skilled service staff can open and close your pool as well as provide new equipment installations, repairs, and weekly service. The Gaithersburg Retail Showroom has everything for your swimming pool, including chemicals, parts, and fun accessories. Visit the Watercrafters Retail Showroom in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at www.watercrafters.com. Now for the Terrapin Rundown. I want to kick it off to the non-rubber port. The soccer team... Lost, or excuse me, the men's soccer team lost to UCLA, one to nothing at home, and then finally, five games into the season, scored their first goal, beating West Virginia, one to nothing. Yeah, and moving forward, I'm pretty confident that Coach Sarovsky can get something together and really get this team moving. We always know they have the talent to win games. They take on their next opponent in Evanston, Illinois, against Northwestern on Friday. Well, hopefully they'll get some offense going, but, you know, going, scoring one goal in five games is a bit concerning for me. On to women's soccer, who has taken a step forward after two straight losses with a tie against George Washington. Those are two straight overtime losses as well. They will play Iowa next Friday. Um, you know, I hope they get going again, but I'm not too optimistic, to be honest. Yeah, it's been a rough couple of years. Well, now actually a lot of years for women's soccer, but they've they had a good start to the season. Hopefully they'll get back to that form. Now on to the best team on campus in College Park right now, and that's field hockey. Well, the field hockey team kept rolling and ripping as they won two straight games against wrecked opponents, Delaware and Harvard. They're just like unstoppable right now. Yeah, they've beaten a ton of ranked teams. Duke, Boston College, you just mentioned Delaware and Harvard. They will not have a ranked team in their next opponent, which is at Michigan State on Saturday. You can catch all those games on BTN Plus, and as we keep going down the list here, women's volleyball goes 2-1 in the Maryland Invitational. They beat Colgate and Liberty both in straight sets, and then they lost to a very good South Carolina team. Yeah, the SEC and the Big Ten kind of have a rivalry when it comes to volleyball, so it's tough for the conference to see Maryland lose that game. They move on to the Temple Invitational, which starts on Friday. Yep, but also in BTM Plus, as we keep going here off the non-res, Lefty Grizzell finally is introduced to the Basketball Hall of Fame. I mean, that's a long time coming. Yes, it is, and it was really a great event. John Thompson, Mike Krzyzewski, two rivals of the Terps, spoke about Lefty, and it was just, it was a really great event. Although Lefty being introduced is great, I'd still say the thing you actually need to see is Maurice Cheek's epic speech about his mother. That was um, a tearjerker, that one. Yeah, another thing on the Lefty, if you're looking for a nice 
stories about Lefty. Kevin Sheehan has a new podcast, and at the end of his episode that I believe came out on Sunday night, he goes on about Lefty for about 13 minutes, and he had a great story about when Lefty was recruiting Moses Malone. Moses Malone had to go to the Virginia State Penitentiary to find good competition, and he played against this guy called the Milkman, who was 6'10", who Moses said could jump, rebound, score, and Lefty actually called the governor of Virginia to see if he could get this guy out on a scholarship. Jordan, they called him the Milkman. Do you know why? Um, no, I don't. Tell me. Because he killed the Milkman. Are, are you serious? Yes, that is a completely true story. I'm not listening to that podcast. I assume he couldn't get him out. No, no. It didn't work out, but... You know, Maryland did actually get Moses Malone on campus, and then he left to sign an ABA contract. Yeah, we're all familiar with that story. As we keep going the basketball wing of things, the Big Ten national TV schedule came out a couple days ago, and Maryland has um, maybe, we can call it not a great bag here. Yeah, 14 games will be played on the Big Ten network, 8 on Fox Sports 1, and then only a handful on ESPN, CBS, and Fox. Well, we can actually just say the ones on the ESPN networks. We got a bizarre one in North Carolina, A&T, on ESPNU. I don't know why we got that one, but I'll take it. Also got a um, headliner game against Virginia. That'll be on ESPN or ESPN2. And I feel like I'm missing a couple, Mason. Yeah, you got the Ohio State game. That's it. Three games on ESPN. We'll also be on the ESPN networks. And then we got... Both Michigan games on um, broadcast television. Yeah, one on Fox, one on CBS. But Terps, even though we got a lot of talent, really not getting the TV schedule that we thought we would end up with. Well, a lot of that's due to, you know, just contracts. Big Ten only has a few games on ESPN. They're ACC and, um, ACC and who else? ACC and Big 12 are actually still the first-tier ones on ESPN. Yeah, Big Ten, obviously, a Fox affiliate, so that's where the big games are. Maryland football yeah. secures a commit from the three-star running back, Trayshawn Ward. Jordan, what are we going to do with all these running backs? I think we should just – maybe we can change the rules so we can have 15 running backs in the field. I don't know. We have so many running back commits and already so many running backs for the team. Even after Ty Johnson leaves um, after the season, we're going to have McFarland. And um, forgot it was like Tayon Fleet Davis as probable starters along with Lolo Harrison and Jake Funk. I don't know what we're going to do with all these guys. And you forgot to mention Javon Leak. I mean, right, Javon Leak. Maryland team kind of lost in this shuffle here. has so many good running backs. Or honestly, I believe that Javon Leak can be a great running back in terms of Maryland players, but he just he doesn't get. On the field, even though he did in bullet in this last game where he scored a touchdown, I I really just don't know what you're going to do with all these running backs. You also had huge recruiting. You already have Jordan Houston, one of the better running backs in the 2019 class, in the commit list. I don't know what you're going to do with two more. Yeah, it's really just it's kind of wacky. I wish that we could get some lineman commits. I mean, you really can't put him at receiver. You really can't put him at receiver. Because Maryland just got back-to-back. They had 11 wide receivers or tight ends in these past two classes. 
So what are you going to do with these running backs? I guess move them to defense or, you know, just keep them as running backs. I would find a defensive backfield. We really need some help back there. Maybe that will work, but I don't know what else you can possibly do. So, well, Matt Canada, you know, he'll find a way to use them. Let's move right along here to the Bowling Green game. Maryland 45, Bowling Green 14. Jordan, your thoughts? Uh, could have played better in the first half. Um, I thought, given the circumstances of the weather, the passing game really suffered, and we as a team suffered as a whole. But the rushing attack, though, was from another planet this week. Yeah, let's start with Kasim Hill. 8 of 16, 121 yards, a touchdown. Not a great game, not really a good game, but he played the position that they needed him to. Well, I would say that's true only because rushing attack eventually got going. You remember in the first half, we were really struggling to get any offense going, and I think we really could have used some more air power. That said, when we did get Piggy a chance on the ground, he messed it up. Yeah, that was, for me, Piggy's chance to really become the starting quarterback. And for a minute there, it looked like it was going to happen. He was going to take over this game playing quarterback, and then he fumbled, and he didn't get back in the game. Or he did at the end of the game. Well, I don't think that fumble was really his fault. That's a different story. The fact is, you're right, he did fumble. And as a team, I just don't think we could afford mistakes early in the game. Yeah, I feel like with a lot of these games, and I know Bowling Green's not that good. They're not even close to good. These MAC teams find ways to compete with the bottom seven Big Ten teams. Well, that's not really true with Bowling Green. The Bowling Green has been one of the worst teams in the FBS for the last three years. Well, yeah, Bowling Green's not good, but it looked like to me, and I don't really know what happened in that Oregon game. I didn't watch it. All I know is that they were competing hard at the beginning. It was Bowling Green is definitely taking a step in the right direction. Well, as we keep moving down here, the running backs were the story of the game for Maryland. 444 yards total. Four guys breaking 60 yards. Yeah, you got Ty Johnson, 12 carries, 124. Tayon Fleet-Davis, 15 for 102. Lolo Harrison, 8 for 86. Anthony McFarland, 8 carries for 69 yards. And then you throw in some guys like Javon Leak, and suddenly you got 444 yards on the ground and five touchdowns on 53 attempts. So something else I'd like to bring up. The running backs played well, and they get their due. Ty Johnson finally, or not finally, they broke through this game. I have not seen much of Christine Hill's stable mobility yet this season. I don't think they went on moving that much. You know, big ACL injury and MCL injury this past season, just over a year ago. They don't really want to move him unless they have to, and when they need him to, he does it. You know, I didn't really see it in that game, but as we keep moving on here, we only had eight receptions, so there wasn't a ton of receiving yards to go around. But with that said, Anthony McFarland led the team with two catches, 53 yards. And Garrett Davenport comes in with two catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, for, you know, what it was, it wasn't bad. Can we talk about that play that Jarvis Davenport made for a minute? I mean, that was a great move. That was a, that oh, was yeah, a PlayStation move. Well, at the top of my notes here, I have a jaw-dropping spin move for touchdown by Davenport. That was one of the better plays I've ever seen Turk make, I think. Yeah, it was a great move, and it got recognition nationally. I mean, he put him through the spin cycle. Moving on to the defense, Isaiah Davis leads the team in tackles with 10. I liked what they did. They stood up when the offense really needed them to, and then they went absolutely shut down in the second half. 
Yeah, in the first half after Pingy fumbled, I, re- well, I realized that we could have really fallen up the bus there. We could have been down by two scores very easily. But the Terps defense forces a three and out, and the game changed. The defense, despite how well the offense played, at least on paper, the defense really stole the show, in my opinion. Yes, they did. It really wasn't what I hoped for at the beginning of the, beginning of the game. But as the game progressed, Maryland just got stronger. It showed some resilience. They were on the road. And it was really a shame that the weather was bad because Bowling Green was supposed to have a great crowd. It was supposed to just be a good experience for these guys, obviously, given that they would have ended up winning the game if Bowling Green had a big crowd. It was just a really shame that Maryland wasn't able to throw the ball, really, because of the weather, and Bowling Green didn't get that crowd that they were hoping for. Yeah, it kind of sucked. It's been raining in Ohio for like a week straight now, speaking of um, hurricanes. So, as we look ahead to Temple, Temple is a candidate for the most disappointing team of the year. And I know it's saying a lot, but they were supposed to compete in the AAC North, and they have just fallen flat. Yeah, they lost the first game of the season to FCS Villanova, and the game-winning interception by a kid that went to our high school, Elijah Trent. Well, they lost a kind of close game in Buffalo. It was really close to the end. Temple just has fallen off the bus. Yes, it's similar to what happened at the beginning of the season to them last year where they won, what was it, seven straight games to finish the season or went like 7-1, and 6-1? and one? Something like that. Yeah, and here they are again at 0-2, and, and they're probably going to move to 0-3. Looking at the Temple box score from this game at Buffalo, they've now brought in Anthony Russo to their quarterback competition along with Frank Newtel, who's still supposed to continue as the starter last week, 15 for 31, 216 yards, three touchdowns, and he threw two interceptions. Well, on the season, he's four touchdowns, four interceptions, and three, 33 for 63. Not a good season for um, the senior Frank Newtel. Look, he's a natural predictor, has a 90% chance of winning. I don't know if that's high enough, honestly. And I will say, Ben Temple was an upset candidate for us. I don't think that anymore, but I'm not going to give up yet because you never know what could happen. Yeah, moving on, they spread the ball around to a lot of receivers and a lot of running backs. They can make something happen. We know that. They have good players. Yeah, they do. And I think if they put it together, they could still be a good team, but they just have shown no signs of putting it together yet. Yeah, and I really feel like that's where this game sits. It's a lot on if Maryland can, you know, still establish the run, still, you know, make enough plays in the passing game to really shut down Temple. And I really feel that it's important that Maryland gets out early and shows that they can dominate this football team. Oh, absolutely. You don't want to let them back into the game. That's a very dangerous thing to happen for this team. It's just not something that you can do. No, it's not. And... I feel for Temple, there's a lot riding on this game. I mean, you get to 0-3, and and then you're in that spot where it's going to be hard for us to get to six wins. So they know, they probably know, and this coaches are going to be saying it all week, we got to come out, we got to have something positive happen this week, and it's really important for us to win this football game if you want to get to six games. Yeah, they're going to be preaching it hard, and they should be, because at this point, they need to. They don't have another choice. Jeff Collins, their coach, had a good season last year. I believe he's a good coach. And I think he's going to get really fired up, and we can't start slow again. No, we can't also. Let's talk about the penalties. We can't do that again either. Oh, I forgot about the penalties. My favorite quote from the announcers, who I was not a big fan of, by the way, 
from the last game was if Matt Canada had any hair left, he'd be pulling it out in regards to the penalties. I think that's absolutely true. We were bad in that department. Yeah, you can't do that. And when I think about that, I think about what happens if that happens when we're competing against a Michigan or a Penn State or a Michigan State, you know, teams that haven't been too strong so far this year that we can compete against with what we believe we have. If you have a chance, like the play where Lorenzo Harrison ran the ball for a touchdown and that gets called back and then you get called back out of field goal range on the next play, you know, you can't be surrendering points against Big Ten football teams. You can't be doing that against Minnesota or Indiana. When you play a team that's on the edge of stepping on your throat and you give away points, if you end up losing that game, it's going to be pointed back to that play as the one that really set that up. And I must say nothing about the 25 yards of ponies we got in one drive that was thrown out by the Jarvis Davenport play that we were talking about earlier. There was a very real possibility that we were only going to go 24 to 14 there instead of, was it 28 to 14, something like that. There's a possibility that we don't get those points and that Bowling is still in the game. We got filled out by Jarvis Davenport's amazing spin move. We just, we, we were trying to lose that game at some points, and we didn't. But those penalties were giving them a window to get back in. Yeah, and I really feel like that's where this game, that's where we need to learn from this game. Sure, the running game was great, and we figured out that without Jay Sean Jones making great plays, we have some question marks still in the passing game. But the penalties need to be ironed out. The discipline need to be ironed out. And once you get rid of those things, you know, this team can move on smoothly. But you have two big things that you need to look at. One big question before we wrap this up. Is the next game the end of the Matt Canada era at Spring College Park? Man, that's a tough question. Really, I don't, I don't know. And I don't really think anybody knows. I don't really think the Board of Regents knows what they're going to do. I don't think Damon Evans or Wallace Slow knows what's going to happen moving forward. But, you know, here comes September 15th, and apparently September 21st is now a big day. It's It could be, or it couldn't be. Who really knows? I don't think anyone does. And I don't know if we roll Temple if you want necessarily DJ to come back. Which isn't necessarily a knock on DJ. It's just that we've seen this with other teams, that when you inject the head coach back and the culture has to kind of reset again into the middle of the season. And we're frankly, we're playing pretty well with Matt Canada. I think that, but I really like DJ Durkin. I feel like he did a lot of good things. I know that Coach Canada's done a really nice job, but he wants DJ to come back, believe me. That's all that he says, at least. Well, I mean, I don't know if we can actually trust what he says in that regard. He gets a job to keep, but hopefully it all goes smoothly. Um, one final, final thing is how many, what happened to Jake Funk based on where the injuries going on? Well, Jake Funk's going to be sitting in the tent a lot in the coming weeks, and that tent is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin Party Rental resource. Allied Party Rentals has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Turf Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Allied is located in Beltsville, and they serve the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia areas. Contact Allied today for a free, no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067 
or visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, Jake Funk's going to be sitting in the cooling tent with a broken hand. He is not expected to play this week, and there's no timetable that Matt Canada gave on Tuesday for his return. Oh, that's not good because broken hands and running backs usually have to at least four weeks. But on the positive side for Jake Funk, he plays lacrosse, and he was out there with a stick with Coach Tillman the other day. I did not know he played lacrosse, actually. Neither did I. <laughs> well, apparently you played lacrosse. That's good to know. All right, well, I think that does it for this week. Yeah, but before we go, Jordan, score predictions for Saturday. I'm going to say 45-21 Terps. I'm going to go with something similar. I'm going to go with 59-14 Maryland Terps roll. I'm looking forward to it. It will be our first home game, true home game this year in College Park. Hopefully the hurricane doesn't do much. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates in Rockville, they built TerpTalk.com. They can build a website just like that for you. Watercrafters, they're the place to go in the Gaithersburg Air Park for all your swimming pool needs. And Allied Party Rentals, they're Maryland's home team for all party rental needs. They should be yours too. Jordan, any last words for this week? Go Terps and stay safe within the hurricane zone. Yeah, everyone stay safe out there. And I hope that we have a rain-free day on Saturday in College Park. For everything after the Temple game and an interview with Kasim Hill last night, check out our YouTube page, Wayne Terp. And as always, check out TerpTalk.com for all your Maryland news. Go Terps, beat Temple on Saturday. And as always, thanks for listening.